0: We're back, episode five-o, the big five-o for the cap and trade show. I am your host, Texans Cap, joined by Mr. Landry Locker. Of 16 radio and the locker room on YouTube. How are you tonight, sir?
1: I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Uh, nice. I'm out on Sean Payton. That's that's where I'm at now. I'm I'm uh, as soon as I see four years, hundred million, no thanks. Um, the the years have as much to do as the value. First of all, I, I don't think he's worth twenty five million dollars. I, I know he has a hell of a resume. I know it could be a nice kick in the ass, but. When, when you start saying four years and you're not saying even like saying six or even five or something like that, it, it just comes across. And, and Seth started saying it today, Seth Payne on Sports Radio 610. It, 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 it is starting to feel a little bit money grabbish. And if that's the case, there, there's no better place to go than Denver. Uh, so as soon as I start hearing four years, 100, I'm, I'm okay with that. Like we can, we can move on from Sean Payton if he comes, it'll be fun. It'll be exciting, but I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm, I'm out. I know know that's not a good way to like lead a show. Maybe we could have built to that, but, but four years, hundred mil, no thanks out.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I really wasn't in on Sean Payton to begin with. Yeah. I was never
1: like, you know, Sean Payton or bus, but I'm a hundred percent out for that.
0: Yeah. Well, I, you know, I had, Thought about, you know, something I was going to propose to you for trade compensation, but once that uh, Jeff Duncan article came out with some of that information that, you know, and he's pretty plugged in for the most part, so, I, you know, that may be the starting point or what they're initially looking for with the multiple first-round picks, you know, the trying to match the John Gruden package, but... They,
1: he's 30 years older uh, than John Gruden was. was. He's already walked away. Like let's, let's be serious. Like yeah. let's, and, and also John Gruden, like John Gruden had basically revived Rich Gannon to where, I mean, uh, that was, that's a lot more impressive than going, you know, a decade and a half with the same guy. So yeah, I mean, go ahead and try to match the John Gruden deal. It's stupid to even try to, that shouldn't even be like that. That should be an automatic hangup if that's what they're trying to do but i understand that in large part because of him their assets are limited uh and they made the trade last year for a so they probably want to get back in the first round but no thank you i'm good
0: <laughs> yeah because i mean i had kind of was i had been stewing on it today just kind of like what maybe potential compensation could make sense if the team were to were to go in that direction and it would not include anything with this year's draft. It would have to be a 2024 uh, pick. And it would it would have to be somewhat conditional in my eyes. You know, maybe it's tied to team win percentage or team making the playoffs in 2023, something like that, to where, you know, if the team doesn't make playoffs, then you get the lower of the two ones that Houston has next year. They do make the playoffs and, you know, you would get the, the higher one of the two. You know, depending on between them and Cleveland. So that's kind of what I was initially tossing around, and I I was going to pitch it here tonight, but once that that article came out and that information came out, it just kind of ruined that little exercise. So yeah, yeah. I've, I
1: mean, is there? I mean, if we're gonna, if you want to talk about a trade, though, what was the trade? Let's let's pretend. Let's pretend that Sean Payton in the price is good, and you're getting, you know, Sean Payton for you know six. Whatever years. What what was the what was the trade proposal?
0: It was gonna be uh it starts out as a, a twenty twenty four second rounder, okay, whichever whichever one's the higher one. And then if the team say go may finishes five hundred, then it bumps up to the lower one. And then if the team makes the divisional round of the playoffs, then it goes to the higher of the two ones. Kind of something something along those lines was kind of what I was thinking if if the team wanted to go down that path.
1: See, the only the deal that I would have done that I I kind of talked myself into was um cuz Peyton himself said, I think it was on Fox Sports 1, um you know, it's going to be a mid to late first rounder. is mm-hmm. not mid to late. Like that's that's this- a little earlier than that, especially if you look at how the draft is shaping up. That's that's like a gold mine for maybe a running back, like a running back or receiver or whatever. There's, it's like a gold mine there. Um, so if I was going to make that trade, there's some people who said, you know, just trade 12 and charge it to the game. I, I, I would maybe send them 12, but they would have to give me 40. And then I would send them one of the thirds so that you still have three in the top 40 and you have two in the second. But that would be about as far as I'd go. And even then I don't like giving up 12. If I thought I was getting look, if it was Sean, Pay, if it was John Gruden, like if it was John Gruden at twenty nine, I mean, yes, like I I would do it. But let's let's quit comparing Sean Payton right now to to what what John Gruden was and how he was regarded at that at that time at age twenty nine. Like let's let's be serious.
0: Well, I'm not even really. I, I don't recall what that roster that Gruden took over was like in, in Tampa Bay. Yeah, and they went to the, to
1: the, the NFC championship. championship game and they lost on that Burt Emanuel um, catch that would have been a. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, there would have had to be some moving parts, but they were they, they were knocking on the door. They lost to the Rams. So I they think, were a the much, NFC better, game.
0: much better roster than what. Yeah. Season. See that? Yeah. I mean, yeah. They were a win now team. Well.
1: Yeah. They just got rid of Tony Dungy because everyone said, remember, everyone was like, well, Gruden won with Dungy's players. Like, yeah, it was. It, they, they lost to the Rams and the NFC playoffs, uh, the Burt Emanuel diving catch. The Rams went on to win the Super Bowl. The Raiders were knocking on the door too, because so the Raiders were giving up a guy who had been to, I think the AFC championship game when Sarah Goose's rest in peace, his fat ass fell on uh, Rich Gannon and hurt him. So like the team trading him had a 29 year old who almost took them to the Super Bowl and the team that was trading for was knocking on the door of a Super Bowl and the guy was twenty nine years old and he was like the Raiders boy wonder. Yeah. So like even comparing and, and and I don't think anyone's really doing it. You hear it here and there. Like even comparing those two things is it's ridiculous. It's it's three decades of age and it's way different than than anything. Like the Saints, the Saints are they, they didn't make the playoffs with Peyton his final year. Did Mm -hmm. they? No, 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 no. They, 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 they missed it by a game. Right. And it yeah, yeah. yeah, They missed it by a game. So they didn't even make the playoffs. Then he went away for a year and he's 30 years older. So like the comparison to like Gruden, it's, it's silly. Like it's, 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 it's absolutely silly.
0: Yeah, no. And it's, I mean, like you said, once you hear that, and then the $25 million number, and I know it's not our money, it's, it's, but he's eight. Pun. But it's I mean. money
1: grab, but it but it look, it doesn't look like a guy like if you're if you're thinking four years and you're thinking 100 million, here's what happens. You have a coach who's just going to go all in for himself. He's going to go all in for four years. And basically, if the ship sinks, he's not going to give a damn about it much like he did in New Orleans, like he was helping out with the cap and making those dumb, those dumb ass trades and all those contracts. And oh, sure, Michael Thomas, here you go. Oh, here. You, oh, okay. Oh, you want this? Here you go. Like, that's basically what you get yourself in. There's no guarantee that he's going to be what he was without Drew Brees. Uh, it's just, it's not, it, it's not a, it's not good for the situation. I mean, if you're the, if you're the Dallas Cowboys or something, and you lose to San Francisco and you embarrass yourself, and you decide, okay, we're really good at drafting players, and we can find, you know, digs in the second round, and we we have a, a really good core, and we we always, you know, seem to find talent. Then maybe. Maybe, maybe you could make a four-year commitment, like just have him overseeing Dak for the end of it. But in this situation, it makes it makes no sense. Like it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you.
0: And the Texans have plenty of other candidates. You know, I think, I think at the end of the day, if Peyton takes a job, it's going to be between Denver and, and Carolina. Dave Tepper is one of the richer, more valuable. Uh, owners um, across the league. So if anybody is willing to pay that money or match up with the Walmart family over in Denver, it'd be, it'd be Dave Tepper. So I just not entirely sure Peyton's even going to take a job. He may just go back to Fox if he doesn't find exactly what he wants. And, you know, that's good for him having that fallback, but you know, Texans have plenty of other candidates, you know, we've seen, you know, Ben Johnson dropped out of the running earlier today. They had interviewed him, Shane Steichen, they interviewed Jonathan Gannon, they interviewed Igero Ivaro. And uh, and Thomas Brown, and then it looks like uh, D'Amico Rines is supposed to interview potentially tomorrow or Friday, and then Mike Kafka is kind of on on hold until his run in the playoffs is up. So Hardo, sure. <laughs> what is Focus. the definition of Hardo?
1: Hardo is just like someone who's just kind of it's kind of meatheady. Um, if you saw the Tim Brewster video, like it's kind of like you know just real meatheady. Um, you know, somebody who carries a water jug probably carries like a water jug to to class in college with like his sleeves rolled up. It's kind of just like, you know, I'm focused. You know, it's all about the game. It's all about football. That's what Mike Kafka is.
0: All right. So if I if you if if you had to power rank them on not what you want but what you think is going to happen, I you know I think is kind of Gannon one A, and maybe D'Amico behind that. And I really don't think anybody else are mm-hmm. really that hard you know, that series of candidates at this
1: point. Yeah, I would say, uh I would say is gonna be number one. I think I think they're gonna I think they're gonna like D'Amico. Uh and then I think your guess is as good as mine with the Philadelphia guys. I think they like both of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um but I I think that Nick is gonna like the Philly guys. Uh, but be open to D'Amico. Although I will say if they talk to Mike Kafka, that has, first of all, I like Mike Kafka, um, but that has strong, 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 strong potential to be Nick Casario's favorite guy. Cause he is studying under Dable right now. Dable the other day, he was talking about his uh, his play of his left tackle, and he said he's tough, smart, dependable. He said the exact same thing. <laughs> no. um, same thing. Swear to God, it was the exact same thing. That's um, we That's a we played it today, right so I think I think Kafka is going to be. Uh, I think Casario will like him a lot if he talks to him.
0: Yeah. No, nah, yeah, and that may be may be the case. It just you know, I know Gannon's kind of got a lot of a lot of smoke around him, but i I think a lot of the fans there's not too many fans that I have run across, at least on social media, that are impressed or would want Jonathan Gannon at this point. Um, I think D'Amico would probably energize the base the most. I think he's probably one of the only defensive defensive coordinators, defensive coaches that, that fans would be intrigued by and energized by I think you know a lot of people have been wanting an offensive minded coach but it's all about the staff and you know I really whoever's the best leader whoever can come in and lead an organization and develop staff and end up to the to the point where you know it's okay to lose a coordinator here and there because they're getting jobs as head coaches somewhere else that means your your pipeline is working and that's what I want I want somebody that and I think Dayball is a good, good uh, example. He got to n- New York and he realized that you know I shouldn't be calling plays. I need to be the manager that the manager of this team, the head coach of this team. And he hired on a wonderful staff with Kafka and Wink Markdell. and it's worked out well for them. And that's kind of what I want to see with whoever they go here. Is I want somebody that can bring in a strong staff and to continue to develop a type of pipeline of coaches that just end up elsewhere in the league and having success. And that way it's not, you're not having turnover from coordinators because they're bad, but you're having turnover from coordinators because they're good. So that's what I hope to see out of this head coach hire when it's all said and done.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're seeing it right now with Sirianni. um, And I think that's, I, I think that's a good point. I mean, that's, you, you want assistance. I mean, you want, you don't want to lose assistance, but you want to, I mean, it's, The, the, let's just put it this way. The, the coaching staffs, the last couple of hiring cycles have been pretty embarrassing. Um, So you've got to, you've got to do better than that. And I, and I think they will, I think they're going to get, I I think they're going to get guys who are actually, you know, connected and have some sort of idea and have like a, an updated modern rolodex of nfl guys so yep. that's uh that's really important i think they'll get that
0: yeah no i i'm with you there and they you know that that's just would hopefully be the expectation and the hope but you know there's uh you know we'll just have to wait and see what happens it sounds like it's probably another week or two away probably two weeks away especially if they're gonna wait for for kafka you know see if they make it i'm not sure giants make it pass another round but you never know with that team uh they seem to just find ways to win games sometimes so but it doesn't sound like it's going to be anything imminent and then you know if it's a D'Amico or a Gannon choice then you know you're going to have to wait even longer so hopefully you know at least maybe after this week we March start to see a little bit of direction from the team maybe something leaking out but I mean the the whole Sean Payton thing is just wild to me with the amount of contradict a lot of contradicting reports you know you got colin cowherd saying that he's not interested and that he painted a bad picture of houston today nick underhill saying that everything went well both sides were impressed with each other jeremy fowler saying the same thing that he would you know thinks that Peyton would be very interested in houston so that part's just fascinating to me the amount of messaging coming out from the media on both sides of the equation when it comes to sean payton and i really don't know what to read of that i don't know if it's by by orchestration or if it's just coincidences coming that way but it's just all over the place with him and it's it's a little it's a little
1: cowherd in in fairness like cowherd was very vague like cowherd just said he talked to him and then he 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 vaguely said because i went back and listened to the whole segment just to get like full context he never said cal mcnair um, he just said he talked to Sean Payton and he just basically, I mean, the only owner that he mentioned by name was Daniel Snyder. And then he mentioned like Donald Sterling and stuff. And you know, a lot of people are assuming, and, and look, it might be true. Cal McNair's not going to win any, anyone over on a zoom, man. Like I've, I've sat and talked to Cal McNair multiple times. If, if you sit there and talk to him on a zoom, he's not going to win anyone over. So that's just not how he's built. That's not what he does. But Colin didn't just come out and say that. And look, I I know that when when you look at it and you and you put you know a couple of pieces together, you say, "Oh, well, he must be talking about him." You sure, like, because Cowherd's not dumb, Peyton's not dumb. I don't think Peyton would even want that out there. He's trying to get twenty five million dollars, so he's not going to make it clear that he doesn't want uh, yeah. another squad. And like, it's not it, it's not unique that someone who owns a team inherited money and someone died that's I, I would say there's a decent percentage of people i know we think of cal and stuff like that but i don't know whether he was talking about cal or not but it didn't it, I, I don't know that it's like 100 percent a given that he was
0: i think somebody somebody i talked to quite a bit he had he had a good point that he thinks sometimes colin will take his own opinion and infer it into somebody else's opinion
1: no doubt and so, no doubt. Hey.
0: but you know, we'll wait and see what happens. There's a lot lot going on beyond just the head coach. You know, we got the draft coming up, we got free agency coming up. Texans got a lot of decision with their roster. Um, just a couple of uh roster moves that I kind of wanted to look at with you tonight on resign candidates, release candidates. I know we've kind of br- briefly talked about it, but I kind of put some numbers down on paper for some resign candidates and we'll. Kind of throw these numbers at you, you know, hot and see see if they uh, interest you. Hot, at all huh? Right.
1: What does that? What does hot mean?
0: Just Throw them right up against the wall and see if they if they stick. <laughs> so, see, so I got Javier Thomas here, two years, nine million. So that's four and a half per year, five million guaranteed. Is that something that would interest you bringing him back?
1: Say it again. Two years. Two nine? years, nine million with five million guaranteed. why not just bring back, just bring back Tavier Thomas and Tremont Smith and just keep the corner room as is right now.
0: Yeah. I got Tremont Smith on here, two years, 7 million. Uh,
1: yes. All day. Yes.
0: Three, 3 million guaranteed. And yes. then, uh, Okoronkwo. This number is tough. I, I, I've, you know, I've spoken to a few people and the numbers kind of all over the place with him. I think he's going to be more scheme specific kind of a player. Um, uh, you know, he may not even fit the mold that a new defensive head coach or anybody that comes in, you know, they may may not may not have interest in him. But for the sake of the argument, I I've got him down at two years for ten million at six million guaranteed. It seems a little soft to me. I'm not sure if he's gonna get more on the open market or not, but he's kind of a specialized player. He's not a prototypical defensive end, but not a prototypical outside linebacker. Kind of that kind of that tweener
1: man. I don't want to disrespect what he did this year. And I don't want to like minimize like what they got from him. Cause it was kind of surprising. And he was, he was really good. But like when I start hearing the numbers that they're throwing out there for him, I just don't, I just, I feel like he's the kind of guy that if you have a good coaching staff, if you have a good scouting department, if you have, um, a functional organization, um, that you can find guys like that each year so like when we start talking about paying him what the numbers that they're throwing out there Mm -hmm. look if if the best is yet to come and you know this is just the start then like maybe but i i just feel like he's the kind of guy that you should be able to find each year in a perfect situation that just kind of surprises you and you know out uh outplays what you thought he was like the Cowboys got it with Armstrong this year. I think he had like eight and a half sacks or something like that. Like the, the organizations that do a good job scouting the, I feel like they should find guys like that, not pay him, you know, 6 million or whatever a year. I just don't, I'm, I'm, I, I, I won't be opposed, but it, it seems a little bit rich. Fair enough.
0: No, that, I mean, that's a valid point. I mean, you found him, and free agency this past time around and you know maybe you, you have that similar type of of acquisition again on another st- you know type of free agent like that that's a good rotational player that that continues to progress throughout the year and that's what that's what he was i mean he he just continued on with his playing time increasing week over week towards the end of the year uh the last couple of players this one's interesting to me so chris Moore, um yeah you know, he's definitely you know he stepped in well he he's a very good depth wide receiver. He's not going to be one of your top players. Good special thinking, teamer. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking at one one year, four million with two million guaranteed, that would essentially lock him. You know, almost lock him into a roster spot. You know, he'll be your backup slot, backup outside wide receiver. He'd be basically be your wide receiver four at this point behind Collins, Mechie, and and whoever else they they would bring in to replace Cooks. But that I don't know. I don't know if that number is, is outlandish or not. It seems I think a little it's bit outlandish. Much. I think it's fair. Yeah, I mean, it was on a bet minimum this year. And then the last two, last one was Jonathan Owens. You know, I think it's worth bringing him back for depth. That if you can get him in around one million or a two point five million one year, and then Jordan Akid's one year three million at like a small guarantee, one million at most seven hundred fifty thousand, kind of. Getting back to camp, see if he can replicate what he was doing. I know you're you've been on the a fan of re-signing John, Jonathan Owens as a good depth. A depth guy. Yeah, so that's that's the main players that I had on here. I mean, unfortunately, beyond beyond those names, there's really no big free agents that Houston needs to really focus on bringing back. Um, that's just a function of this roster not being very good this year. And then the release candidates, you know, it's it's. It's the same three: Eric Murray, Justin Britt, Jalen Reeves, Maven. Everybody's favorite contract. Just don't
1: make me look at Eric Murray anymore, please. I um, mean, I'm not. I, I mean, go. There's that's, one that, that's there's enough.
0: One name that I'm I, I haven't added to the list for a while, and I've I've now put him on here, which is Christian Kirksey. And I say that to say,
1: because,
0: Kirko, Kirko. I say that to say I have put him on this list because the draft looks pretty good at linebacker. I think you can hopefully move Christian Harris over to take over that role. He can start, you know, start calling the plays all that work. And then there's actually some pretty solid linebackers in free agency. If the team wanted to spend a little bit of money at that position and get, get more production out of Kirk, out of that type of out of a free agent player when compared to Kirksey. So I haven't had him on the list. I mean, he's, but I've added him to the list for that reason, and so I think that's a player to look at. It just depends on the new staff. At at worst, you bring him into camp, and then if he just isn't there, or, you know, isn't putting quite quite the work in that you need, then maybe he's a a, a release in the final fifty three cut towards the end of at the end of preseason. And you just take that cap savings and roll it over into next year. I don't know if you have any other players that that uh, need to be just released right away
1: the the thing about uh kirko as they call him is if you hired D'Amico ryan's or you have uh hired jonathan gannon they're probably gonna have a pretty strong opinion of him yeah um so you know it's i know lovey liked him but who cares uh it's i I would be interested to know what they think of him and if they value him because i think easterby liked him I think Casario likes him a little bit for like the, um, you know, the romanticized like you know right kind of guy. And he actually he actually was a pretty good guy to have in that locker room. But I mean, I I don't know what D'Amico would think of Christian Kirksey. He's he's kind of falls in the uh, in the category of um, why was he here for two years? Uh, if you know, you, you could have tried to do a little bit better there, but maybe it was like a deeper, like culture type of thing. Yeah. Um, so whatever.
0: I think that, I mean, it just, the team needs to get younger and I, th- you know, you, you've got some other players there with Cashman and, and Hansen that are going to be your depth and special team guys. But I think there's ways to improve beyond K- Christian Kirksey, whether it's free agency or draft. And, you know, somebody like TJ Edwards out of Philadelphia, you know, there's plenty of, Plenty of good free agents out there that I think can fill that gap and get and move on from him. And we all know the, the Laramie Tonsel extension is probably coming at some point or another. But at that point, once you get into the team needs, and it's a long list, don't get me wrong, but the team needs is at this point, you know, center, and this is not ranked or any order or anything like that, but you need a center. You're gonna need the, need another wide receiver when you tra- after you trade Brandon Cooks. That seems I can't foresee any reason why they don't trade Brandon cooks and it's not going to be a very popular trade when everybody sees the compensation. But um, you know, I think, I think, I know we've talked about on here that it'll be similar to the Amari Cooper trade. The more and more I think about it, I'm not entirely sure that it's going to be quite the same. I'm, I'm thinking maybe they can get a little bit more than that than Dallas got for Cooper. Not much. I'm thinking more like a fourth round pick or something like that. Okay. But, uh, you know, I think, I think teams might, because the wide receiver draft is, you know, once you get past the first few players, it's a, it's a little softer. And then the free agency group with wide receivers is just very, very bad. So maybe the team will be, maybe, maybe Houston can find a, Find a trade partner and and willing to take that contract on, or maybe just take a little bit of money on with it to increase the value of the of the trade compensation. So you're going to need a wide, a wide receiver. You're going to need another running back to pair with with Pierce. You're going to need another edge player. <laughs> Definitely need interior defensive line, outside cornerback depth, <laughs> linebacker depth, guard depth. I mean, it just the team needs everything. Yeah. A lot. yeah. So there's just a, you know, a lot of things to cover in that Gary. And we'll, we'll kind of get into that a little bit more. I think uh, next week, I'll probably try to get into the Laramie Tunsil extension, but one other area I wanted to take a look at was the number 12 draft pick in any particular trade back options. Um,
1: oh, wow. We're already going there, huh? Yeah. Why not? Okay.
0: So, just kind of playing with the numbers a little bit, yeah. I think, I mean, they'll they'll be excellent players to take at number twelve. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I think it's there's a very real chance that Casario could find a, a really good value there and and take the take the player at the slot. And
1: there's you know, an run. excellent chance that he yeah. could. Yeah,
0: but if you say he wanted to move back to like say the Chargers want to come up from 12 to 21. You move back to 21 looking at the value with looking at the charts, that would they would probably need to send their second round pick which is 54 and then a little toss in fifth rounder 157 to equal up everything on the value. Would that be something that would interest you? And I know it's I know it's a very I know it's a very difficult hypothetical because there's going to be a lot of good players at 12, but just getting more darts at the board at 21 and 54, does that interest you, interest you at all, depending on how the board slides out?
1: You said trade from where?
0: 12 to 21, you get 54, which is their second-round pick, and and a toss-in fifth-rounder.
1: Yeah, I mean, in, in the 12 range, you're looking at wide receivers. And, I mean, I don't know how much they're going to like Quentin Johnston or how much they're going to like uh, other uh, – other types of receivers i don't think my dog's like the biggest fan of that idea um (laughs) but i would uh what you don't want to trade down huh you want to trade down no sir okay but if you do if you do trade back then there's also going to be some good receivers on the back end of the first round uh maybe instead of getting johnston you get smith and jigba uh or you get addison um and then in that second round, maybe you can you can add a running back like a Gibbs or an A chain or something like that uh, to get another back. So I'm I'm good with that if you get if you're if you're just moving back nine spots depending on how they like Quentin Johnston um, to get Addison Smith and Jigba and then maybe another running back in the second round. So I would be okay with that. All right, then
0: yeah. I mean, I think there's there's yeah. There's plenty of ways to to assess that situation. As we know, Nick has no problem moving down up in the draft, and it it's just going to all depend on how the board slides down, and we all know that. Um, but the other side of it, with the team being at two, I'm trying to get – I've been trying to ask around a little bit on Chris Ballard and what kind of traits he values. If If he's in on Bryce Young at all, or does Bryce Young's – size give concern to Ballard. He seems like a very Nobody knows. Yeah, he seems like a stickler for the for the traits. And I just yeah. And like you said, nobody knows. And it's
1: well I think his whole quarterback, I think the the thing about Chris Ballard is his whole quarterback process of evaluation has kind of got a um it's kind of got gotta be in question. So in the past if he wasn't, you know, maybe into it, I think he's probably gonna be a little bit more open minded. Um, because that's really been their biggest problem, uh, has been their evaluation of quarterbacks. So, and I know it's veteran quarterbacks versus rookie quarterbacks, but I mean, I think he's probably going to approach this a little bit more open-minded than maybe he would in the past.
0: Yeah. And it also depends on how much Ursay is going to get involved and push him to make a move up to number one or not, or if he's just stand pat at number four and hope that Stroud or Levis is there for him at that point. But yeah, I saw uh, the athletic put out Indianapolis trading up from four to one, giving up uh, their second round pick, which is pick 35 and then their 2024 number one pick to move up from four to one. So that seemed pretty, pretty fair when it comes to the, to the value charts, at least, um, I would think Chicago might be able to extract a little more value just because they, you you got to assume they're coming up for a quarterback. But I, I'm just not sure how Ballard's going to approach that situation. He's always been fairly conservative and has always been willing to trade down. I just never really see him as an aggressive trade-up kind of guy. But like you said, it this could be the year that we see him kind of overextend and you know trying to make sure his job – is safe and makes those big, splashy moves to to get there. And if if it's going up for, for Bryce Young, then you know I'm not sure Houston's going to be willing to to compete with that to leap up one spot or not. I'm not entirely sure. And that's going to be creating quite a, a bidding war because Indianapolis is going to have to offer more just to leapfrog Houston into one. And I'm not sure Houston's going to want to compete with any kind of major trade package that Indianapolis would – want to throw at Chicago, but my goodness, that's going to be a fun, exciting process to see that play out.
1: Screw that sucks. Shouldn't (laughs) shouldn't have to worry about it. That ain't fun, exciting. It's
0: angering, angering. Yeah. Cause you're going back to, back to week 18. Yeah.
1: I mean, you're going back to the trade deadline, not trading Brandon cooks when you should have, that's when you're going back to it. Yeah. So yeah, it's fun and exciting. Not for me. It's not that bad, man.
0: I don't know. Maybe, 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 maybe Chicago will just take Henry and Will Anderson. And, and, uh, I don't know why I keep calling him Henry Anderson. Will Anderson.
1: Who is he Henry called, uh, Anderson?
0: Uh, he's a defensive end for the Jets, or he was this year. <laughs> I don't know why I keep getting that name stuck in my head. But, you know, maybe they just fall in love with him, Anderson and, and willing to make the move right there at number one for him. I know he's clearly going to be number one on many, many, many boards, including Houston's board for that matter. Um, so, it, you know, it wouldn't shock me. Maybe we'll see. Wouldn't shock me if Houston even bypassed a quarterback in the draft and looked at veteran quarterbacks. I mean, I think pretty much everything okay. is on the table at this point. And it, you know, it's all going to all going to come down to the coaching staff and what that coaching staff thinks of this quarterback class, but and you also see a lot of things out there about Will Levis that at least a lot of the the evaluators that po- post on social including Dane Burgler, said that teams like Levis a lot more than fans do. And it almost, it almost feels like he's probably going to get drafted before Stroud does at this point.
1: Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. I mean, everybody's trying to find the next Josh Allen and trying to make sense of, you know, what was going on in Kentucky and all that. That's fine. I yeah. just hope it's not the Texans.
0: No, he's not. does not interest me at all. I mean, it, yeah, he's got a big arm, but I mean, it, the team needs to. It, it, Bryce Young's ta- tape and processing and, and accuracy is just, man, it's so hard to pass up. Let's see here. We've got a few questions up on the board. Let's see mm-hmm. what we have here. So many fans are extremely excited about the idea of Sean Payton as head coach. I'm curious what we think. I personally think he's overrated and was carried by Breeze. Yeah, I mean, we we touched on it earlier in the beginning. Yeah, I mean, he Landry had talked about it earlier where he was heavily involved in a lot of the personnel decisions that's kind of put that team behind the eight ball, especially from a salary cap standpoint. I don't, I've never been able to really pick up on the relationship between him and Loomis when it came to, came to roster construction and who had the final say. I don't know if it was a more of a joint relationship because Loomis, I mean, he's the GM of what the, the basketball team as well there. And, you know, I can't keep
1: up with what they got going on out there. I think, I mean, he's
0: seems more executive level. And then, you know, maybe, maybe Peyton was pulling a lot of those levers, but you know, and the whole thing about breeze, I mean, Breeze was good when Peyton got there, but he built built the offense. He built a system that worked even with Breeze.
1: No, he deserves credit for it. It's yeah. just he hadn't done it with anyone else.
0: Well, I mean, well, not long term. Yeah, I mean he had short term success with Teddy Bridgewater when he went five and zero with him when Breeze was hurt, and I think he had I shouldn't say any success with Taysom Hill, but
1: no, they I mean, won. Was, they yeah. won.
0: Yes, I mean he's he seemed to find a way through, but I, I just don't just doesn't feel like the right situation for him and for Houston and and where they're at with things like that. So I think like we talked about it's gonna be, come down to uh, come down to probably D'Amico Ryans and Jonathan Gannon at this point and just wait to see what happens. I, it's gonna be gonna be a crazy two weeks coming forward, things like that. Let's see here. No Sean Payton. Yep. See there. <laughs> bring in D'Amico. Yeah, I mean, I think think a lot of people would be really excited about D'Amico. Ryan's. I, the one part I I haven't been able to really, I haven't really seen much reported, and I haven't been able to grab anything. Maybe you have some info on this, Landry. Is what kind of what kind of staff would D'Amico bring? You know, no idea. No idea.
1: No clue. No clue. No. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure. I'm uh, I'm sure it'd be. A pretty intriguing staff a lot of young young bucks but no idea he's got a good network though no doubt but his path to a staff is a lot less than you know it's a lot less clear than some of the other guys this
0: team needs to find it's tomlin not a retread yeah i mean that's that would find be... its
1: next Sean Payton. I mean, find the find the, the next Sean Payton. Don't don't take like the Kevin James version of it. <laughs> that is not Sean Payton. Lord.
0: Hypothetically, how many firsts would Kyle Shanahan first fetch in a trade?
1: <laughs> I mean, that's where you could start talking about the Gruden deal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he that's that's just <laughs> wild to see them continue to have success regardless of who's behind behind center with at quarterback i mean I, i'm not trying to take anything away from brock Purdy, but i mean it's just wild to see them continue on like not even skipping a beat between whoever's going to play quarterback for them so
1: that's why they can be aggressive and miss out on a trade a quarterback trade and still be okay
0: yeah, I can't. Yeah. They also
1: traded for a running back, sir. Kind of, kind of a big deal. Christian McCaffrey, yeah. kind of a big deal there. I know you probably wouldn't have made that trade. You probably would have said that's too much. Well, you would be sitting your ass at home right now, sir. <laughs> that's why. That's why you you can sit there and punch the calculator and let let the Kyle Shanahan's and myself just go appreciate the running back. Wow, position.
0: Just just, throw, just equal yourselves <laughs> up with Kyle Shanahan, like like we weren't. Gonna hey.
1: <laughs> pro running back. Me and Kyle Shanahan, pro running back.
0: I don't know that you have the same system that Shanahan has. That's the problem. I do in Madden. <laughs> D'Amico is a player coach. He had to track free agents.
1: So would Peyton, though. I I, I got to, you know, I'm not, if we're, I'm assuming he's saying that because of the, I am assu- think Peyton would probably attract free agents too. So if I, I'm not going to like sit here and say that, that's an edge that D'Amico has. I think Peyton would. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I think Sean
0: Payton would bring the respectability for this organization that it has been kind of missing the last couple of years. No doubt. And so I think that would be – and D'Amico would bring the same thing. So I think that would attract free agents regardless between either of them. And it just showing that this is likely going to be a much more stable situation and a better, better run situation from a from a coaching standpoint, and not the nonsense that we had last year, where uh, Lovey and Nick weren't even talking at the end of the year. Let's see here. We're gonna start getting nervous, so we don't start hearing about some in person interviews. So there's a timeline to some of that stuff. So I wouldn't get too worried about it. I think uh, the in person interviews will start occurring in the coming, you know, next week or two. There's but. I, I don't have the memo handy, but there is a specific timeline for when coaches can start doing in in person interviews, and
1: at this point, they just
0: haven't reached that part of the timeline.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't worry too much about it. I don't. I haven't heard anyone doing really too many in person interviews, so don't don't beat yourself oh, be up deep. over it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Calling it now, Ryan Crossingham. They hire Gannon and brings in Hargrave, Edwards, and Gardner Johnson in free agency, one at each level. So, if you wanted to look at some free agent names,
1: (laughs) Crossingham be thinking of some crazy things, man.
0: (laughs) Um, the Hargrave, I don't know. He's going to be thirty, but but defensive linemen have shown that that's probably one position that can probably play at that kind of age but i'm just not entirely sure i'm, I'm ready to spend the kind of money that he's going <sighs> to command on a 30 year old interior defensive lineman i'd rather spend that kind of money on deron Payne or or somebody else or just drop down a tier for like a zach allen or an Onyemata.
1: sometimes coaches do like to bring in their guy like especially early on because even if you overpay like i know like there's a lot of times where you, you want to penny pinch and nickel and dime but Sometimes, if you can bring in a guy that you've been with at a high level that, you know, can come down and maybe just show the kids and the new guys like how it's done. Not, I mean, let's be honest, it's not like bringing in Rex Burkhead to, you know, be some sort of culture guy or Marcus Cannon to come out there looking like uh, he can barely walk uh, type of thing. Like it, I, I wouldn't be opposed to to overpaying him to come in and just kind of be like one of those. You know, leaders, type of guy for you to get your stuff going if they if they brought in Gannon.
0: Fair enough. I think the other two names that Ryan mentioned, and they're on my list as well. T.J. Edwards and and Gardner Johnson are both, both going to be very, very sought after free agents. T.J. Edwards is very young, very very active linebacker, and you know the team drafted Kobe Dean, so you know they might let T.J. Edwards hit the market and Gardner Johnson, they traded for him. So I'm not, I, I think he gets re-signed by Philly, but that's another, another very good player to take a look at when it comes to safety. Um Need to go all in on Deron Payne, checks all the boxes. Yeah. If, if that's, if he's a system fit, then I'm with you on that. And I think there's going to be a big explosion at interior defensive line contracts this year this offseason yeah
1: there's a lot of guys up
0: (laughs) yeah there's a lot of guys up there's a lot of guys up for extensions that still have one more year left on their deal like dexter lawrence and christian wilkins um yeah all those players are going to get you know potentially get extensions plus the free agents that are hitting the market you know there's four or five very quality interior guys so it's just you know. There's always. It seems like almost every year there's a position that that gets a, a quote unquote uh, reset on market value, and you take the Aaron Donalds out of the equation. I think interior defensive line is going to be that position that we see gets a uh, gets the bump per se. What's when a they- bump?
1: Like what is? Like give me a price for pain. Let's see here. All right, let me get over here.
0: All right, so contracts, contracts table. Interior.
1: I mean, they're in a position where they can overpay guys, but so you know, I think he's going to
0: be look, you know, Chris Jones is making 20 million a year, Jonathan Allen, 18 million a year, DeForest Buckner, 21, Leonard Williams, 21. I think they're going to be, Deron Payne's going to try to top those numbers probably 22 every bit of 22 okay pl- over 20 million a year okay and I mean that's just the the nature of free agency you're paying market value for players that <laughs> rarely work out rarely does it ever work out but yeah that I, I don't see how you would be able to get him down under 18 million a year that's just no way not when you're gonna have not when you're gonna have um some competition that's the numbers probably for that type of player you're gonna you're gonna spend a good 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 chunk of money at that position but you know the team needs it the team needs all the help they can get on the uh on the interior i mean malik collins is he's a good player don't get me wrong and he kind of brought it on the last last three or four part last three or four weeks of the season but the team needs help and having a big big Aggressive interior guy can really bring that all together. When do you think they'll do face-to-face candidates next week? Yeah, I'd I have to go back. I need to go find that memo. NFL put it out, I think, last week with the timeline. But I think, yeah, next week you'll probably start to see some some face-to-face things. Reality is, you aren't going to fill them all in one offseason. Yeah, we were talking. This message came through when we were talking about all the uh, team needs supporting your new quarterback yeah i mean what 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 does it mean to support your new quarterback does that mean more offensive weapons does it mean continue building up the interior of your offensive line building a better defense to get other team off the field quicker i mean i, I don't really know what all that could mean it could mean a multitude of things to different people what does it mean to you landry to support your new quarterback
1: Uh, make sure that the offensive line's good, which I think, um, I don't think that's going to be too big of a task this year. Uh, make sure the offensive line's good, give them as good of weapons as possible, but I don't necessarily, like if you can get a really good edge rusher and there's like a receiver, like I think, I think just putting the best team possible around him is, is there. I don't think, I don't think you have to necessarily lean offense or defense as long as the offensive line's competent and. You have decent skill position guys around him. Uh, that would be my thing. We have a uh, a Jack Easterby
0: in here. Somebody posing as Jack Easterby. My goodness.
1: What are they saying?
0: Oh, let's. See. <laughs> What's crackling? <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna mess with that.
1: Why? Why? jack man
0: what's the contract they should offer for dalton schultz look like man he was making some money this weekend um i think he's going to be i mean he's going to be the number one tight end in free agency this year
1: ingram's um, pretty good
0: ingram's good i think Jackson, receiver yeah i mean that's what i mean schultz schultz i think's a little bit more of an all in one type of uh type of tight end he's probably going to be so year Mark Andrews is at fourteen million. Dallas Godert four point two. George Kittle fifteen. I mean, he'll come in above Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry, who are at twelve point five year. Seth and David Njoko is at thirteen point six. So you got to think he's going to top that, right? I think in free agency, if he were to hit the market and Dallas lets him get away. Yeah, he's gonna top every bit of fourteen million per year. I gotta think on a on a multi year contract with with anybody. So I think, yeah, you are probably looking at fourteen plus million a year with twenty five guaranteed, twenty five to twenty five to thirty guaranteed. If I had to guess, Is, is Schultz gonna get away from Dallas Landry?
1: Um, I don't think they can afford to. I, I think he's more valuable there than he will be anywhere else. And I think that uh, Dak, if, if you look at just like how much better Dak is, um, when Schultz is on the field with them, and I think his QBR, his QBR last year to Schultz, I think it was top five in the league between a quarterback and a target, if I'm not mistaken. And this was in twenty, this was in twenty twenty one. Um, I remember because I was talking about whether the Texans should. Look at Schultz last year. I, I just don't think Dallas lets him get away. The one thing about him that I don't—they um, did—they they do have the rookie that that's pretty good too. Um, number eighty-seven. His name kind of escaped Fredericksburg, Fred, what, uh, whatever his name is. Um, he had a big play the other day too. So they do have that. But um, I just I don't know. They might franchise tag him again. Like it, it, with with what the tight end number is, like. They they might they might F around and give him the franchise tag again. They're they're not scared to do stuff like that. So Yeah, it'll be thirteen
0: it, be thirteen million.
1: Yeah. Uh, and right. I mean for one year, um they they might they might F around and do that. But if you do let him go, the one thing I will say about Schultz that I don't think that uh people really uh you know, you don't watch him all the time he's not that great of a blocker. <laughs> like he's, he's a, he's a good receiver. He's not that awesome of a blocker. So you would have to have someone else uh, there with you. You'd have to have a pretty good O line. Or does it even matter if he's catching passes like he did the other day? Like, does yeah. it really matter? Like yeah. that, I, I sound like Bill O'Brien. Um, <laughs>
0: like, no, I, I think if he's doing similar to what he was doing this weekend, I don't think anybody's going to care that he maybe blew a block here or there. You know, yeah. I, I mean, the the team needs wide receiver, you know, receiving options. And if, if it's coming from a tight end as well, then who's putting up those kind of numbers and everybody would be perfectly fine with that. Yeah,
1: That's true.
0: Patrick says could trade for a guy that'd be a pinning Wilkins or or DJ Reader. That's right. He will be a free agent in 2024. Uh, don't. Uh, ah, man, that uh, hurts. Every, that every, hurts every, time. every time I see him, man, tearing it up hurts to see it man they lowballed him so bad hurts, didn't even hurts, come hurts. close but i i don't know that i don't know that giants would be or miami would be willing to trade those guys i I think that both of those are uh, wilkins i'm talking about wilkins or, or dexter lawrence um lawrence who's just been
1: he's awesome man yeah and he is freaking great
0: both of those players has, have really come on, and it's it's interesting how you hear the saying: "The closer to the ball, the longer it takes to develop," and that's true for both Christian Wilkins and Dexter Lawrence. They were in the same draft, <clears throat> and man, they have just come on this last year. And so they're both going to be in line. But I mean, if you wanted to trade for those guys, you're going to have to give up a pretty decent, pretty decent. Uh, a trade package, and then you got to hope that you can get a deal worked out at the same time of this trade. Because if you're going to trade, you know, a second round or a future first round pick, then you're going to get, you're just handing that leverage over the player. And for all that, for all you know, the agent could just say, no, we're going to wait till after 2023 and force you to tag the player or give us a top tier contract. So I'd just be a little bit leery about trading for. High level players going in the last year of their contract, unless you're just extremely confident that you can get a contract done, like kind of like what Philly did with AJ Brown. You know, that's you don't want to run into the situation like Houston did with with Laramie Tunsil, And I know that was two ones, that was a much bigger trade package, but that's the kind of thing you, you just don't want to get put behind that eight ball when it comes to that.
1: Yeah. And I don't appreciate Pat bringing up DJ Reader. Um,
0: it's that's the only true. bad
1: thing about being on Twitter whenever the Bengals play is you know that Patrick's going to be, I think his average on Bengal <laughs> games is like a, it's over under two and a half DJ Reader tweets. So I thought maybe I could at least escape that for a little bit of a weekend, but or, or until the, the games play. But that's he's, uh, it's like me. I have a lot of these things too. His is DJ Reader. Um, a minute who's mine. And, and you know, I like a minute who. So, a minute, a minute, anytime a minute who makes a play, I like to bring it up. Although, at least DJ Reader costs some money. Like, at le- I know you use the money wrong, but at least he costs some money. Like, yeah. a, a minute who just bothers me. Although, I don't, I don't, I think they kind of broke him here, like having Easter be mess with him the way that he did. Um, but a minute who, so during the 49ers game, you're going to have me tweeting every time Charles, a has like a half tackle. And then anytime that Cincinnati has a TFL, even if DJ reader doesn't make the tackle, uh, you're going to have Patrick tweeting about that. Yep. Is there any, is there any, like, what are the other games? Are there any other games? We got Jags. So the Jags, it's going to be me with TN. Uh, Because they they use that extra first-round pick on a a running back. So that's that's my agenda there. That's my agenda. I'm always saying, hey, they already had a good running back and they got Etienne. They wouldn't be in this situation. So there's another agenda. And then the – what's the other game? Cowboys, 49ers, we have that. Um, Giants, Eagles, it's going to be – is there any Texans agenda there? Uh, Well, there's a lot. So you could say, damn, Jordan Davis, he doesn't look too bad up there in the middle. He would have looked better than Kenyon Green. Or you could say uh Shane Steichen defense or or, or Jonathan Gannon defense and Steichen. So there's all kinds of agendas. Or Mike Kafka. You can say Mike Kafka, man. Wouldn't mind that. Yep. Yeah. Look what he did with Daniel Jones. Yeah, it sucks watching the playoffs with this raggedy ass situation. <laughs>
0: So I get a lot of, I see a lot of this out there. Um, Current coaches remaining in the playoffs that most of them are offensive minded, big fan of D'Amico, but it's time for Houston to go offense. And I, I get that, but I, I still just lean back on my thoughts earlier about just building the right staff. You know, I get that they're offensive minded head coaches, but You know they. Some of them are not calling the plays, and I think it's worth just saying that a lot of these teams just have really good coaching staffs beyond their head coach, really good play callers like Mike Kafka, like Shane Steichen, and you know I think that's that's just my opinion on it. I really I, I really can't put a whole lot into the fact that there's five offensive minded head coaches, therefore seven. Seven offensive in the line.
1: playoffs right now. Seven remaining. Yeah, and
0: that's that's a justification to to go down that path. So that would be my thoughts on it, Landry. I don't know if you have any specific thoughts on
1: it. No, I get it. I mean, look, and that and those are the questions you got to ask when you get closer to making a decision. You know, like, damn, you know, like, is this the route we want to go? Like, it sounds great with D'Amico, but once you once you get to the point where you got that contract, like you, you can, you can fall in love with the car in the lot. You can, you know, feel like you're going to do it. But once you sit down, you start looking over the contract and figuring stuff out. um, That's when you start thinking. And that's, I mean, I think these are all fair, valid questions about offensive minded coach versus uh, defensive coaches. I think that's, it'll be, I'm sure that's a big part of what, D'Amico's job interview will be is you know what what, what's your what are your thoughts offensively do you do you have a uh, thought because i don't think i don't think he's going to be like one of these blowhard old school defensive guys like lovey smith who just wants to focus on defense and then thinks that you know you just got to run the ball a certain amount of times and figure it out i'm sure i'm sure he's put a lot of thought into that and he's been around the best in the league
0: and and Dominic he you know, he lives in New Jersey like he says here he's he's subjected to the to Jets radio and they say the same thing about uh, Robert Sala and that's fair it is but I also think the discussion points would probably change with they Robert did draft Sala. Zach
1: yeah. they yeah. did draft Zach
0: yeah and and brought you know Lafleur didn't work out so whatever offensive corner they they bring in up there it looks like what were they interviewing uh, Hackett today. <laughs> They, is you know,
1: this going to be another example of a team just just bringing in Hackett because they want to get Aaron Rodgers? Like, are the Jets going to try to put together? Making,
0: like, people are already making that. that yeah, fight.
1: like because I think that's why I, I I legitimately think that's why Denver hired Hackett. Like, and and I I think. Oh I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. That's
0: that's big reason. Nice. Big they, reason. They thought they, it was done.
1: Yeah, and him Rodgers. with Aaron Rodgers is a good mix. Um. So say what you want about him. Him and with Aaron Rodgers is a good mix is this what the jets are going to do now where they're just going to say F it. We'll offer offer three first round picks for Aaron Rodgers." Let's go.
0: It wouldn't shock me one single bit given, you know, Woody Johnson may be ready to make a big splash. And, you know, maybe I think Joe Douglas is kind of on his last year. If he doesn't get things going right with Robert. Don't you
1: think that's kind of harsh? No, I don't last year for Joe. I thought he did a good job. job. i I after understand. the offensive and defensive rookie of the year, the offensive rookie that would have been goes down.
0: Yeah, New York is not a. That's harsh. It's not a, not a, not a soft, soft team up there, man. They don't, they want unless results, unless you're results. Eli
1: Manning, unless you're Eli Manning, you can linger around for an extra five years.
0: Yep. But I mean, I think if they were to go after Aaron Rodgers, man, that would be wild, wouldn't it? I mean, it that sixty million dollars is what they're getting. Somebody's got to pay him next year.
1: Yeah, and it cost Green Bay uh nine million to trade him, I think. It's eight or nine million. It's not as bad as a lot of times on these hits, but I think it would cost them nine million. No. No. You sure?
0: Yeah, it's a little bit bigger number than that. But uh
1: it, what, it What's a little bit bigger? Because I can't read your ass with your with, with like that when you say that, that could mean like it's 30 million, that could mean it's like 13. Like, what does that mean? I think it's
0: 24 if my memory
1: 24. Right
0: dead money yeah well cuz he's got a big, he's got a big option bonus that's due anytime between the start of the league year and the end and the first game of the preseason and they built it that way so that they could trade him and then the acquiring team has to take on that option bonus that's
1: so if they trade threat. him then then it won't be 24 million
0: no that's that's incl- that 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 number means the new team has taken on that option bonus Okay. It's, it's going to be 24 million no matter what. Okay.
1: I mean, but wow. Green Bay, Green Bay going in rebuild mode would it really be the worst thing at this point and at least just see love for one year? I Man, mean, it's, they're it, to the point where if Rodgers rides it out, they're not even going to see this kid play. <laughs> like yeah. that they drafted in the first freaking round, which it was a stupid decision, but I mean, it's damn. I I don't think be, he's going to be I don't think he's going to be worth a damn, but jeez.
0: Got to suck to be held hostage like that. And you can't you can't finagle that Rodgers contract anymore. I mean, the green Bay is way over the cap. They're upside down on the cap and they've just got a lot of extensive, expensive players that are starting to age and the shoes got to drop here soon with that roster. And they're going to, this may be the year, you know, I think they're going to get an offer. Doesn't.
1: I think they're gonna get an offer from somebody. There's, yeah. there's just, there's a lot of possibilities of teams that would be, I, they're going to get offers. Now, will Aaron Rodgers go play for, this team or that team or whatever. I don't know. I, I, it's time. It's time.
0: $58 million dollar option bonus. Good Lord. Fifty-nine million, fifty-nine million, 59.5 million dollar in cash next year is what he's going to make. Good Lord. Hey, if you can get it props to you.
1: Did you see grunt call him out? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's right. Should be worried
0: about, be worried about super bowls on MVPs. I mean, Tommy he's right. We he wouldn't be that way. Yeah, he's right. Meaning who will come back home with D'Amico.
1: Jack's not here. It's possible. Yeah. He's but I don't think he needs to be here, man. He's too like he a uh, Charles Charles is just he's a lot. As much as I like he's a lot. He <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't handle losing as well, but yeah, I, I don't I don't think so. I mean maybe he likes D'Amico. D'Amico likes him. Yeah. Hey,
0: hey, I'd be, all, I'd be all for it. I think he, I, I, think that's a player that you would be able to sign and get really good value. I don't think he's going to command a, a really, a real big contract. I
1: think it's going to be like eight, nine.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think you can get him at under ten, and and I think you, you know, put him out there pretty heavy snap count. I think you'll get a lot of value out of that for sure, from a team side. Let's see. Here. Cat, would you like cj stroud at pick number two no me neither i'm i'm not really interested in stroud i, I don't think houston is <laughs> but um I, I mean the 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 game against georgia really i mean it impressed me It's good to see the growth and see he finally decided to run and improve on some things that that um that people need to said that he needed to work on, and it was good to see that growth. But I don't know. I don't know what exactly it is. I mean, he's he's got a good arm. He can. We saw he can run. I just don't, the the inconsistent. The, the inconsistent first time he's ran all year, running.
1: man. He doesn't run. Neither does yeah. Bryce. Really?
0: No, Bryce. He moves around to get out of the pocket and find the throw. CJ him. does that not too, to throw, not to just run to run.
1: CJ's not as good at it as Bryce is. No. Um that not even it's really not even close but there were Ohio State people I remember uh, Bobby Carpenter was talking I was talking to him at Army Navy and that was his biggest complaint was that Stroud didn't tuck it and run enough and sure enough with everybody watching he did and I think if you just watch CJ Stroud you're like damn that's a dual threat guy not really (laughs) not not really go go check the numbers not not really at all I think he just had slightly over a hundred, and I don't know how many he ended up with in that game. Um, so yeah, he had slightly over a hundred for the year, and I, I don't know how many he had in that game. Decent yeah, amount. I think
0: Atlanta or somebody like that might be on the CJ Stroud, CJ Stroud train. Little late. Arthur it, Smith action. Yeah, I think that's a really, really interesting spot for him. I just, I could really, see
1: Arthur going with Richardson. I, I think Arthur. To, I think Arthur could do some work with Richardson. And there's somebody. I had a
0: Richardson comment up here. I was going to get up on the board, and I lost it. Um, if it
1: said take Richardson at two, don't put that comment up, please. <laughs> no, it didn't say that. But
0: uh, uh, you know, Richardson will, He's going to be a tough one to gauge where he goes, and he's it's going to have to be a team like like Detroit. I think would be a place Detroit that
1: like, to sit behind golf.
0: Yeah. Because, they, you know, they've already come out and said that Goff's, you know, well, you shouldn't say that because we saw how Arizona said Rosen was their guy and then they took Kyler Murray. But I think Detroit, kind of has, Detroit has really good value with Jared Goff, especially with Ben Johnson going back. Because Goff is, he's only making, you know, $26 million a year for the next two years. In terms of quarterback money, that's, that's almost kind of the top of a, a middle class type contract. So that's a great situation for someone like Anthony Richardson to go and sit for a minimum of a year. Houston is not the place for, for him to come in and sit. That's about all oh, these mulligetta guy. Yeah, that's uh <laughs> I know what Nick said, and I know he said that. He's always going to, you know, you're going to have to work with athletes first and they have plenty of clients, you you know, you're going to have to work with them. But I think a combo of Quincy Avery and David Mulligata may push Stroud down their board. I don't know.
1: Really? You think so? A
0: little bit, if I had to guess. Okay. Let's see here. Oh, that's not the right one. So. There it is. So, would you rather draft a center or spend to get one in free agency? Well, the unfortunate part is free agency with centers this year sucks. There's uh, Bradbury up in Minnesota and Bozeman up in Carolina, and I'm not entirely sure either one of them make it free agency. And they're both – they're two completely different players. One's a power guy. One's more of a zone guy. So, it just depends on what system comes in into Houston, but that's really the only two names. I mean Connor McGovern out of New York, but he's gonna be thirty-one. But free agent, you know Hell no. I, I just that's I think you're gonna to have to overpay for someone like him. And then when you look at the draft, I think there's only a couple of there's not a Tyler Lindenbaum. There's you know a couple of centers, but they're more late second round, probably third round type of slot value and not entirely sure you know, what they're gonna do there. They're gonna have to do something. Question Barry's not it and they have really no other depth back there. So remember
1: when you said Morrissey had the city going nuts? Yeah.
0: That was during uh, what was wrong that, with you. The that was it was accurate. It was the center thirst. There's always a position that gets like that. Crumplers in here. What are you willing to trade to secure number one if anything? I I don't think you're gonna have to secure number one. So I don't know what I haven't even really put down to paper like what it would take to move from two to one. But I, I really don't think you're gonna need to. I mean I think I think you're just if somebody wants to leapfrog you at number one and give away a lot of assets, then I think you just may have to let it happen. I don't. I don't know that I want to be in the business with competing with somebody to go from two to one. And if somebody jumps up and takes Young, then you know you just go with Anderson or trade out of the number two spot. But I, I think Anderson's worth a, a player taking at number two if if somebody leapfrogs you for Bryce Young. But like I said earlier, with with Ballard or with with other teams back there in the in the late in the late part of the top ten that may want to move up, we really don't know how folks. Think about Bryce Young. I think it's going to kind of be split across the league. I think a lot of people are very impressed with his processing, his accuracy, his decision making. Uh, some teams will will blink at the at the size issue, and some teams probably are willing to consider him an outlier and willing to take the, take the chance, given all the other abilities and the tape that he has to look beyond his size. Would be my take, but I really don't have. Anything, anything in particular that I'd be willing to trade to secure the number one draft pick?
1: I mean, it depends. I don't, I don't know. I mean, who's? Do you think it's impossible that the Bears fall in love with the quarterback?
0: No, I, I, I've heard of plenty of people saying that they should draft a guy and let him compete, and then maybe you can flip fields if if he ends up losing the battle. I mean, it, when your team is that far off, you know, you just got to find a quarterback. And I, I'm, if I was in Chicago's position, I would certainly entertain taking another quarterback because I, I, from what I saw, I mean, I don't know that fields is the guy was
1: dynamic with his feet, but like the passing, that's like his, his some, a lot of his passing stats were worse than mills.
0: Right. And that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying is I, I don't, I mean, a running quarterback's great and it's dynamic and all that, but how many wins did that lead to? And You need a at the end of the day, you're gonna have to throw the ball and be successful with it to win in this league. That's just the way the game is. And I'm not sure if Fields is that guy. And it I think that's a very valid point, Landry. I mean would (laughs) I don't even know who they would take if they if they wanted to go with quarterback at number one. So we'll just have to see what happens. But I I think I'm not in the business of trying to trade up to one to prevent somebody else from from getting there at that point.
1: Yeah. Let's
0: see if Bryce goes one would surprise you we went Anderson and QB. At, no. Not at all. Wouldn't shock me at all if they went Anderson at two and QB at twelve. I mean that's kinda I don't know that Levis would slide down to twelve, but I think I think Houston probably has uh Levis a little higher up on their board than some folks might like or might would think. So I think that's definitely uh definitely something to look at here bez send a uh, question on dm okay let me hop over to that here in a second And another year with mills no i mean he'll be he'll be back up i don't think uh i don't think i mean I've, i know i know stutz was talking about wanting just a whole new quarterback room
1: but that he was to mad. me that's he just, was mad it was yeah. after the game he was mad we can revisit that he was angry you okay. we were all angry. <laughs>
0: yes,
1: post game sure. is not always like, that's the thing. Like post game is not always like when, when, when the mic goes on 10 to two, um, I'll let it fly as much as I can, but you got to be a little bit calculated and sometimes kind of a fluid situation. And you're like, Oh man, I was, I really got into it. Post game is a completely different ball game. Yeah. I don't really. know if Stutz is that passionate about that now as he was, although he's been known to double down, but yeah, it was a post game show. Yeah. Give him a break. Okay, but so, the way he said it, I want a new quarterback room. I want nothing to do with it. I want, I want a new quarterback room.
0: <laughs> I remember I was watching. <laughs> Let's see here. Bez had asked, with recent buzz around playoffs being predominantly offensive head coaches, how much weight do you put into recency buzz I versus? Lo- they put buzz versus long longest tenured coaches mostly being defensive, six to one. I don't know i i don't we've talked about that yeah we talked about I i don't really put a whole lot into it i think just find your guy man find who you like find find the right guy get the leader in the house and let's go oh brown chubby bear what are you will levis or i'm not calling him that anthony richardson and Shane might AR work. A R fifteen. Well.
1: Are we are we
0: doing this? Yes. AR 15
1: we we're calling him AR fifteen now.
0: If we have the patience to let them develop. Yeah, yeah, I mean it Come on. It Richardson's not even close. So you're gonna have to have it's either Mills or get a veteran in here, stop gap to to cover until he's ready. And that puts that that's a tricky situation because then you start getting into the uh halfway into the season. Your 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 veteran stopgap may not be performing very well, in the crowd and fans and everybody is telling you to get Richardson or whoever out there sooner rather than later, and then you, you start bumping up your timeline, and that's just a a tricky you, situation.
1: Do you at all? I know mock drafts are kind of mock drafts. A lot of times it's just about showing the path to the player ending up at wherever he ends up. But do you uh do you ever like? When we talk about these quarterbacks now, do you do you hold what happened last year against the mockers? Because man, they had like three, four quarterbacks in that first round, and that that was a that and was a hell of a drop off. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there was talk about Willis going like third, <laughs> fourth, fifth, second. Is Detroit going to take Malik Willis? Like. Kind of crazy.
0: I don't know if I hold it against them, but it it just shows you I mean, there's some folks that some of those guys have true insight and have some good communication between to the teams, but at the end of the day, man, the board can go go sideways so quickly. And but I don't, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of them people were saying the class was not very good, even though they were putting the players up there. And that's the part that didn't make sense to me. Whereas conversely, this year, everybody's saying this class is much better and that 2024 is the ultimate class. And then I'm sure 2025 will be the ultimate class next year because we played that game. But I really don't hold it against them too much. But I think it's fair to say this group is more talented than what was out there last year. Are you holding it against them?
1: Um, a little bit, little Ted, maybe. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: sure. Oh my goodness.
0: All right, let's sit, bring back. No, I'm not clicking on that comment.
1: I Almost read it, but you pretty much just did. Like that's not. See, this is this. That's bad delivery. There. If you're not yeah. going to click on the comment, don't click on the comment. I I, sh- I was trying What's to. What's the audio my- version of this going to be like? When someone's good. driving or oh, I'm not going to click on it. Now people want to know what the comment was. So you just screwed up. So read the comment, bring
0: back David Coley. There we go. All right. See, See. That I need to hard. read it in my head, not out loud.
1: Yeah. You read, you read it in your head and you just browse through it. Cap, you'll be good. Yeah.
0: Now that's uh that's all I had for tonight, man. It, a ton going on. We'll have to kind of wait to see how this interview process plays out. Um, Next week, I think I'm going to try to throw up the Laramie Tunsil extension up on the board. We'll play with the contract constructor over mm-hmm. on over the cap. Build ourselves a little a little contract for Laramie Tunsil and see how that works out, and see if the fans are interested in the wild numbers that that's gonna that that's gonna come in at. So we'll try to get into that next week and. um Landry, I appreciate the time. Appreciate the support going along. Landry um, yes, yes, may not be able to join us weekly going forward. He'll try to hop in when he can. Um, yes, sir. We'll try to get some some new guests to, to roll in every once in a while, and then sometimes it'll be just me. And But, uh, you know, thanks for everybody listening. If you haven't, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure you like that video below. That does really well for the for the channel and for the famous algorithm that uh, we all know you're everything gonna about.
1: It. I knew you are going to say that.
0: Yeah, I had to say it. And, uh, you know, it just helps the channel out. It really does. And helps get the channel, gets the channel out to more viewers, which helps subscribers and everything in between. So make sure you like and subscribe. Make sure you follow Landry over on his channel, The Locker Room, going probably almost twice a day now at this point. Get and, it going.
1: Uh, like, yeah. subscribe, all that.
0: Yep. So, all right, well... In the yep, loop, too. In the loop. All right. Well, with that, we will shut it down. I will try to make sure we have no audio issues next week. I promise. And uh, with that, we will shut it down, folks. Landry, have a good evening, sir.